You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by HuntStand. HuntStand is the number one hunting app in the country, and at only $29.99, HuntStand offers a ton of functionality for hunters all over the country. Whether you own your own property or strictly hunt public, you can choose from over a dozen base maps, view property ownership information, 3D mapping, local weather, log your sightings and harvest, as well as use their trail cam management software, and print maps from your hunt areas. Download it today at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Hunt Stand. Upgrade your arsenal. This is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up there! Yeah! 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 Good boy! Good boy, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many day how many days a week do you spend on As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. <laughs> Houndsman XP Nation, we are going live on Thursdays. And that's weird. We usually don't release on Thursdays and uh uh, the reason we're doing this is because Josh McKellis had a wild hair and uh, contacted me and wants to do a special segment on the Houndsman XP podcast feed. And uh, Josh, I, let's lay this thing out for the audience and, and let them know what we're planning on doing with our Thursday edition of Houndsman XP. Go, Josh. Well, we... There are a lot of myths and 
uh, half truths and statements made about you know coon hunting competition coon hunting especially and uh we're just going to try to clear the air about some things we're going to get some really good handlers on here some guys with a lot of experience we're going to uh talk to some breeders and some trainers and and we're going to talk about these dogs that most people only get to see in the magazine and we're going to get to have first-hand accounts of what a lot of this stuff is really like and like you've mentioned before chris the uh the coon hunting world and the big game world and, and all these tree dogs are affected by the, the competition coon hunting circuit. And we're just going to try to link that up, you know, uh, get, uh, get these guys to understand that, you know, it, it's not far and away. It's actually closer than they think as far as, you know, how these dogs are, where their dogs come from and, and how our dogs are bred and what they do. And, you know, we're just going to clear the air. We're going to bust some myths, I guess you could say. Yeah, and we're going to call it the truth about coon hunting. That's what every episode is going to be called, the truth about yes. coon hunting. And uh, we'll feature featured everything. I mean, we're going to talk about... Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to yeah, be great. we're going to talk to handlers. We're going to talk to to what it's like to judge a cast, what it's like to guide a cast. I mean, we're going to, we're going to deep dive into every facet of coon hunting and competition coon hunting. And Josh, you talked about... You, you, you know, you mentioned that, that competition coon hunting affects every facet of our houndsman lifestyle, and it has for a long time. <clears throat> and uh, I, think, I think we've progressed so far into hounds that now we're starting to become tribalized and pigeonholed different. Mm -hmm. there's, there's too many dividers in this thing. You know, we divide between competition dogs and and pleasure dogs we divide between coon dogs and big game dogs we even we even get tribalistic about breeds which is easy to do understandably yeah. uh we and and we're gonna we're gonna try to break down some of those barriers and draw some parallels and bridge some gaps here in this this whole houndsman community because i've used this example before but if you look back at the American Quarter Horse Association, there was a horse that was an outstanding quarter mile track horse, and he went on to become a great halter horse. And then his, his spry or his offspring became, I mean, instrumental in changing the cutting horse industry. And that was Doc Barr. And I think I've, I've used that, used that analogy a lot to, to try to draw that parallel or bridge that gap between what competition dogs can offer to the hound world in general. Nobody ever thought that Doc Barr was going to impact the cutting horse industry like he mm -hmm. did. And you can't, I mean, I, I would have a hard time believing. And then, like I said, and I've told you, Chris, and I've told people before, I don't have any experience with uh, lions out West. I don't have any experience with a bear pack. Uh, you know, I love, watching videos and I love listening about those dogs and I love listening about the old time lion hunters and things like that. Uh, working dogs, especially hounds have always fascinated me, but, uh, I, I have find it hard to believe that I couldn't take a thousand dollar bill as a puppy or a wipeout 3d as a puppy and put them in a lion pack and they wouldn't succeed. You know, I think these are, these are just talented dogs that would, they were trained for a niche, uh, that we enjoy and I, these are these are just super good dogs that i think would excel everywhere and so you know we're just kind of going to kind of bridge that gap a little bit like you said uh, competition coon hunting has changed so much in the last 10 years 
that I think some people are getting a little bit of a negative vibe about it. But, well, for instance, I was actually on ProHound the other day looking at uh, top handlers for the year. And you compare 2011, uh, the top handler, I believe, was Coy Sullivan uh, with $1,000 bill. I imagine he was hunting him then. And he won $34,000 that year. In 2021, just 10 years later, uh, Dustin Weed is the top handler at this point, And he is, I'm thinking, $158,000 for the year. In 2021? In 2021. And it's only August? It's only August. We haven't had the Super Stakes yet. We haven't had the World Hunt no, yet. There's still some Pro Classics yeah. left. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a guy who could possibly win $200,000 for the year, just in earnings. So, yes, we uh, we understand that the, the sport has changed a ton. Mm-hmm. But it's not all for the bad. Uh, there's still all kinds of opportunities. There's still all kinds of ways for people to enjoy themselves in the competition coon hunting circuit. And so we just want to get that out there, talk to these guys and talk to the guys that have really done it and get some guys with a lot of experience, even more than what I have and, uh, bring them in here and set them down. I think it's going to be a great time. Josh, give us, give us a resume. I mean, I, what you've been in hunting PKC and other non-section. Yeah, I've been a PKC member since 2001, but I didn't hunt a lot of PKC. Uh, I was traveling for work pretty hard until probably eight or 10 years ago when I started hunting. And I've got right around $22,000 worth in PKC earnings. Uh, I've won another 40000 or so in non-sanctioned hunts. So, you know, I've been out there for a while and I've seen... You've judged, ma- you've judged major events. I've judged uh, world hunts, uh, pro classics, super stakes, uh, you name it. I've judged a lot. So you've got firsthand firsthand experience with the top hounds. The current, you know, recent past to what's hot right now. You've got you've got firsthand experience with that. You're not you're not calling on you know ancient memory or or something like that or or what you hear around the clubhouse. When we first came up. and started hunting in these hunts, you had dogs like, uh, Harry and Naylor and some of the older stud, which it's hard for me to say they're older stud dogs. Now that kind of, yeah. kind of dates me, you know, I hear guys <laughs> talking about Lipper. I think Lipper's an old stud dog, you know, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's the dogs have changed. Everything's changed. Everything evolves. And we're just kind of going to go through that process and explain to people how and why, and, and, you know, talk about these dogs that these are just, People don't understand how good these animals are at what they do. I well, mean, you, these are some of the most talented animals on the planet. I'm gonna I'm gonna back up a step a little bit here and, and talk about something that you brought up. You said you've never been on, you know, in a seen dogs in a bear pack or a lion race. Yep. Yep. And uh, but then you talk about lipper. And th- mm-hmm. what I want to see us do with this segment of the podcast is bridge that gap between the big game houndsman and the coon hunters. Yeah. Uh, there's so much we can do with this because, um, you mentioned Lipper. Lipper was never a bear dog or a lion dog, no, no but, but he was a world champion, UKC world champion coon hound. And then he went on to sire pups that were desirable for people who ran big game. I'll have to check Lipper's numbers. What do you have? Like 5,000 pups. It was crazy. Yeah. Most impactful, one of the most impactful stud still, dogs of all they're time. They're still having them. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they are. But you look at, you look at they Lipper. They just had a Lipper litter a couple years ago. 
Yeah. Um, you look at you look at Lipper. You look at the the Nance bred dogs. Yep. Which Lester Nance has been gone. Man, he, I mean, a decade or so. Yeah. And and before that, it was you know, but but the the Nance base. He, those were coon dogs from Indiana. Yep. And then you take the Lee brothers from Arizona and they got dogs from Albert Vaughn, who was a coon hunter, Bert Noni, yep. who was the, the famous English breeder that was a coon hunter. Yep. And, and when Bert Noni ran his, his ads in the magazines, um, they were always talking about ACHA world, world champions, you know, Vans yep. at Sam, yep. Turkey Ridge Racket. And and their accomplishment in the coonhound competition world, and and that's what sold puppies for them. And and Western hunters legends. I mean, when you get the yeah. Lee brothers buying dogs from you, then that hound has something to offer your yes. offer you and and what you need from a hound. And, and I can't. And I, think I mean, think, what, yeah. Go ahead, Chris. Real quick. I mean, think think about this. You take a coonhound from the Midwest cornfield country take it to arizona you know you take a burton mm -hmm. only bred hound that's bred to tree coons in the midwest and you take it to the one of the most unhospitable uh toughest places dry ground lion hunting and the lee brothers wanted yeah. that yeah. there's something there oh yeah you think of ed vance you know i, I finished his book last year trained by hound dog and he got his top dogs from in arkansas uh, yeah. from a competition coon hunter you know he was the same way so and what these competition coon hunts especially the ones that are paying so much money that these guys are are wanting to go to right now they're causing people to breed a very very talented dog and they're being more particular about how they breed these dogs and what they do with these dogs and i mean i think it's going to help everybody down the road i really do yeah yeah i why do you why do you think there's been this you know, divergence from, and, and I like what, I like what we decided to call this. We're going to call it the truth mm -hmm. and because that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the truth. Yeah. And I, I, I really liked your, your take on that. Yeah. There's, there's so many, you, you, there's so many platforms now and everybody has a platform, which is great in a way. It really is. I mean, I can, I can be in contact with uh, another houndsman half its country away or in another country even, and, you know, with the bleak of an eye, which is just fantastic. But with what comes with that is everybody having a voice that you can hear is you hear some of the voices that make zero sense. <laughs> Those people that are, that are saying that stuff have no experience, you know, in this world that we're in right here just like I have no experience with a bear pack or a lion hound. So I can't get on there and say, you know, oh, my dog could do this or my dog could do that. Cause I don't know. I honestly right. don't know. And so we're just gonna, <clears throat> we're going to get these guys in here that do have the experience that do live the same life that, that I'm talking about and that are at these hunts every week that are breeding these dogs, you know, for the purpose of winning these hunts. And, you know, we're going to have, hopefully we can even get some lion guys, you know, coming over listening to the show and maybe get one on or two and and see how that goes as well it'll be great you know one place that i know that that a houndsman that like you take an organization like the new mexico houndsman association yep, yeah you know their competition they're hosting competition hunts but yep. those same guys are are going out and chasing big game as well so yep. it'll be interesting to get some of that perspective oh yeah but I um, wanna, 
I want to hear everybody's perspective. That's, yeah. how, that's how we learn things. That's how we, how we make decisions is, is you want to hear from everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, are, are we kind of lay out the, the, the plan for, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to spill the beans here. Cause I know that, that yeah. we want to, we want to kind of roll this whole thing out, but just give the listeners an idea of maybe, you know, some of the topics and some of the things that really pique your interest, Josh, and some of the yeah. things that you want to accomplish. And we want to accomplish here at Houndsman XP with this thing. Uh, the guests that we have lined up, uh, at least the first few are so experienced and they've been around for a while. Um, some of them are younger guys. Some of them are older guys that have done this. Uh, you look at Jed Finley, who's a national champion, uh, owner of Trader Inc. Uh, he's bred. I think he's responsible for one of the greatest litters of, of coonhounds of all time. Uh, you talk about the uh, cross between stylish trader and high times lights out Liz. So we're going to talk about that cross. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, his dogs is some of the most ex better experience he's had, uh, in competition hunts and things like that. we got Michael Ward coming on the show. Uh, Michael Ward is a, is a top handler and he's a handler. Michael Ward has a job and that's his job. He's paid to go to these coon hunts and handle dogs. And we want to get that perspective from him too, because a lot of people don't understand that aspect. Uh, Jason Doherty and also a national champion owner of insane X con. Uh, he's agreed to be on the show. We're going to talk to him. He has a really unique story about what coon hunting has done for him. And he's got a really unique dog and a good dog too. And if you want the truth, Jason Darty's going to give it to you, whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Chris Freiberger, Jeremy Burns, Zane Allen, they've agreed to be on the podcast too. These are three guys with, uh, a dog called Whizbang. Chris Freiberger is also the PKC youth director, which I think it'd be great to talk to him because that's an important position and, and something everybody needs to know about. Uh, and these guys are, uh, the other side of the aisle. These are three working guys with just regular jobs that partnered up on a dog and took him up the road and, and got a reserve championship in super stakes. And so mm -hmm. that's another unique position that these guys are in that I think everybody needs to hear about too. And they're also unique characters. So, uh, it'll be fun to listen to. Yeah. One of the things you mentioned was that PKC youth program and, um, what a great way to secure our lifestyle by, yeah. you know, having, having these youth programs and, and getting these kids involved and, and things like that. And, and I, I've got kind of a unique perspective on youth and, uh, uh, how they get involved in different things like that. And I, I look forward to being able to talk, talk to these guys and, yeah. and find out, but, but you can't deny the fact that, that getting youth involved, you're, you're providing a, a competitive sit, uh, environment for these kids. You're teaching them a lot about life, mm -hmm. you're teaching them about losing, you're teaching them about winning. It's going to be exciting. And then that spills over to a lot of other areas. And maybe, maybe they grow up to be, uh, you know, uh, they, they don't get involved in competition hunting past, past their high school years. Yeah. Who knows? But, uh, you know, we see what length, uh, impact, winning a youth world championship has done to guys like Lane Denny. You, bet. you know, he's, he's got, he's, he's gone on to win a, an actual, you know, a, a full scale world championship. Plus, you know, he's now running tier one yep. custom calls. He's won a truck. He's won another world hunt. He's a, he's a good kid with a good work ethic and, and he'll, 
attribute a lot of that to uh you know early coon hunts and, yep. and early yep. coon hunting you know so uh and even if these kids grow up and they never own another hound past their first youth hunt they're also they're still on our side you know they're still a positive voice and a positive thing for us too so yeah the youth is important and, and jed runs an awesome youth program too with the trader inc stuff uh, the trader inc youth challenge has been a staple in the youth circuit for six or seven years and they do a fantastic job with that too so you know it's like you said they're the future it's important and uh i think pkc and ukc both do a fantastic job of of you know targeting the youth too yeah i want to hear these stories from these kids because uh, i mean it's yeah. it's i i started i entered my first competition hunt and i hitched a ride from a friend be, yeah. because i didn't have a driver's license yet yeah. and uh uh, didn't have a, didn't have any parents that were, um, uh, into coon hunting. So yeah. I, I had to find those rides to go to these competition hunts and, and it's changed a lot since then. I can tell you that it is, it has changed a ton. I know when I was 10, 11 and going to these hunts with my grandpa, uh, we were pretty poor. We didn't have a lot of money. We couldn't go up and down the road and, but we would go to these these little UKC hunts around the house. And, and I remember, I think every single one of them, I don't remember all our pleasure hunts. I don't remember, you know, all the times that we went coon hunting during coon season or anything, but I remember those hunts and those hunts left a lasting impression on me that still is there today. And I hope that I can pass that on down to my own son. So do, do you remember, can you remember your first opening, opening night of kill season that you ever went hunting or were you, were you coon hunting before that? I, I don't because I was so young. I remember my first coon hunt, I was four years old and I remember having to be carried. We hunted out of an old 71 Chrysler car and, uh, no dogs in the trunk, dogs in the trunk and dogs in the back. And we always turned three or four dogs loose at a time. They were all litter mates or they were all, you know, stuff that my grandpa had bred and had behind the house. And, you know, we started out and that's what most people don't understand. You know, these guys that just go to to listen to their dog tree and they love you know shooting coons out and they love you know the sport of coon hunting is we all started out the same way mm -hmm. all these guys these jed finley's and michael wards and jason darty's and these guys dustin weed we all started out like that and so it's important to know that our roots are the same as as just a regular hide hunter's roots you know um, we went i had to my i had a two cell flashlight my grandpa had to carry me half the time and you know just the same story that a lot of guys have and uh i still ask myself now when i'm i'm driving a side by side to a tree with my <laughs> tracking system and my gps like i said i can't believe that i actually still wanted to do this after those first few nights you know but yeah it's something it's something that gets in your blood and you you can't get away from it and you love it and it's just is what it is but yeah all we these guys started the same way you you made a, a very interesting comment there. You know, you made the comment hide hunter. Yep. You know, when we started hunting, I'm 52. And when I started hunting, there was still a reason to have a coon hound around. I mean, coons were still bringing yep. $30 a piece. And um, I, I only bring that up to say this. Without competition coon hunting, there is no more money left in being a hide hunter. You can't even hardly give them away anymore. Nope. And, and so th that's a tragedy in and of itself, but it's something to celebrate that there were houndsmen out there who have, who have carried the tradition forward to the point that it is now where you can go to a 65 
hundred dollar legacy hunt and yeah. win how much how much with a hound yeah you go to a typical sixty five hundred dollar pro classic you're looking at yeah pro uh, classic night, i'm sorry yeah three night hunt you can win around eighteen thousand dollars per night if you hunt it off and win yeah yeah i mean that's something to be celebrated and we need to make sure that we're we're talking about those things because without that man it would be tough there, yep. there just aren't enough. There just aren't enough houndsmen, and there's not enough draw. So we're going to celebrate those types of things too. Yeah, and I think that that's what keeps new houndsmen going is the competition side of it. You know, nobody. And don't get me wrong, there's still going to be people that I take as I take a young kid out that has never hunted before, and I turn him loose with one of my dogs, and it strikes and it trees a coon, and they just are immediately in love. I mean, mm -hmm. there are those, those people still exist and, and we want to take them hunting too. And, but the competition side, I think is going to draw more children, more, more young adults, more people in that, that probably wouldn't be accustomed to the sport. Like, like that person that I spoke about earlier, you know, so I, it's just opportunity. Well, we're we also going to. We, we want may opportunity to bring new guys in and yeah. I think competition coon hunting does that. So. We're going to bring, we're going to bring on guys though, that, that will make a case on the other side too i think i think yeah. if we're going to talk about the truth then yep. we're going to talk about we're going to talk to some of the people that fell in love with coon hunting that have never entered a competition hunt yep, yep. Uh, that that's so valuable and because we've all got to figure out the the question that we all have to learn to answer if we are going to survive as a as a culture is why we hunt yep and and we've got to be able to answer that question. And if it's competition coon hunting, then that's a good reason. And if it's just, we're going to talk to every, we're going to talk to all kinds of people. I'm, I'm one, excited. One question I want to ask all these top handlers. And it's a question that I do ask them every now and then is, would you even coon hunt if it weren't, if competition coon hunting wasn't a thing? And I think that's an interesting point of view. And I, I think some of these guys wouldn't. And a lot of people look down on that, but. Also, we're getting people in here into the sport that are active in the sport that wouldn't be there otherwise, too. So you got to look at it both ways. Yep. Yep. For sure. What else we need to cover setting this whole thing up, Josh? It's it's gonna it's gonna air on Thursdays. Yep. Yep. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be gonna be, I think we discussed 30, 45 minutes long, you know, and and we're gonna get a little bit of everything in there. Uh there's like I said earlier, there's just a lot of things about coon hunting that people don't understand, especially on the competition side. So we're just going to get it all cleared up. Yeah. Yeah. Time for being tribalistic is in 2021 with, we got, we got to start bridging these gaps and, and stop yeah. getting on social media and using our platforms to disparage other houndsmen and other exactly. hound, hound hunting groups, man. Exactly. If you want, if you, I've said it before on this podcast, if you, if you want to chase field mice with your hound, mm -hmm. then, then we want to, we want to make sure that you have the freedoms to do that. You bet. And if you want to chase bears or mountain lions or leopards in South Africa, man, that's what this podcast is all about is preserving that, that freedom to be able to do so. Yeah. And like I said before, when, when Seth starts talking about coursing dogs and, and Lauren starts talking about her bear hunts and stuff. I've never been, but the, that is any working dog has always interested me 
extremely. I love them. I think they're, they're a fantastic tool for a lot of situations. So we want, we want to make sure and get a, get a wide variety of opinions and, and facts out there. And then we can always, the important thing with any, any subject is to get all the opinions, all the facts, and then make your decision. So that's what we want to do here. Yep. We're going to provide information so you can make an informed decision, not, you, you know, not, um, shopping for answers from, I mean, there's plenty of places in 2021 that you can get fake news and, yeah. and, uh, yeah. uh, we're not going to contribute to that. So no, absolutely not. Yeah. We're going to make uh houndsman great again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yep. We need to elect a coon hunter in 2024, maybe. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, there right. we go. That'd get us back on track. That's right. Well, Josh, hey, you got anything else you want to sum you want to wrap this thing up and then uh with some final thoughts or uh, you know, I think I've already expressed about everything I need to express. I just want everybody to tune in and listen. It's gonna be a wild ride, it's gonna be funny, it's gonna be entertaining, and it's uh, most of all, it's gonna be informative. That's that's the cool thing, is I mean it, probably the part about, uh, competition hunting that I've always enjoyed the most, uh, or one of the things that, that keeps me coming back is that camaraderie. Yep. You know, you come in from a competition cast at, at, uh, three o'clock in the morning and, and the clubs got breakfast on, I, I think yep. about plot days and, and, uh, or any hunt that you go to in yep. Florida, Illinois, and you come in from your cast at two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, they've got a big breakfast spread and guys are sitting yeah. around in the clubhouse and they're talking. There's some, there's some great stories going on in there. There's a lot of laughs and, and we're going to, we're going to expose that and, and talk about the importance of still having that kind of organization within a house and the unity that it brings together. And, and so it's going to be. I think this is going to be a fun segment for Houndsman XP. I do too. I think everybody's going to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Well, Josh, I'm going to wrap this thing up and, uh, just kind of leave it hanging out there because we're going to, we're going to release this every Thursday on this, this same RSS feed. You're not going to have to subscribe to a new podcast. You're not going to, it's going to automatically pop up. So if you want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, of this segment or any segment of houndsman xp you need to go to wherever you get your podcast either either spotify or podbean our biggest one is apple podcast just treat it like a google search engine search houndsman xp and then click the subscribe button and make sure that you leave us a review okay go in there if you, if you like what we're doing leave us a review and that helps us in ways that are, I mean, it's, it's a bunch of tech tech stuff, but, um, leave us a review, subscribe and leave us a review. It's huge. Okay. And we're going to get you a fly swatter, Josh. I need Be one. My before gosh. you're sitting there swatting that fly around <laughs> you and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently I need to take a shower. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, J Josh, I appreciate it, man. Are you still going to produce the, the big show? Uh, YouTube channel. We are. We're going to start back in the fall like we usually do. Uh, the new season of the show to be named later should start airing again, uh, usually around mid to late November. Around Thanksgiving time, we get some time to get some dogs up here and, and get them hunted up and get them filmed. So, yeah, yeah. So you can you can check out Josh's Big Show Productions show to be named later on YouTube at Big Show Hunting Productions. Right? You bet. <laughs>
Big Show Hunting Productions. You can kind of get an idea of of uh, what Josh is up to and and his experience. We're excited, Josh. I, I really appreciate your willingness to come on board and uh, look forward to working with you on these. And yeah, I, we appreciate everything you guys do for hound hunting too. I mean, it's been it's been great listening to the podcast and listening to the people from all over the world. So, I mean, we don't get that all the time and I think it's a, it's a great tool. Well, you're part of it now, buddy. I appreciate it. Sink or swim. You're, you're, you're in it. You can't get away from it now. That's right. You're going to be, yeah, you're going to be part of the blame. That's okay. (laughs) I'm used to that. Well, Josh, until next time, every Thursday, you follow your hounds. I'll follow mine.